You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 197 where we'll be discussing the Black Widow trailer and Wonder Woman 84 CCXP teases. I'm one of your host, Tim. And I'm Sanjay. He's back. One man yeah. in. One man out. Sorry, you made the swap. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, you made a poor choice. Because Troy was, you know, he was on the last episode. Now you're stuck with me, so. Yeah, we've had that kind of revolving door. This feels very reminiscent when we all had our kids, when it was yeah. sometimes just me, sometimes you and Troy, sometimes Troy and I. Now it's just you and I. It's a pleasure to have you back on the pod, though, man. You've been Thank missing you. MIA for a few weeks. Yeah. You've been uh, doing a few things, eh? Busy, yeah. yeah. You know, I uh, sold all my world possessions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving down to California. I'm going to live in a commune. <laughs> Uh, grow our own food, um, grow our own hair, uh, make our own clothing. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know what you do in those communes. Yeah, it's funny because if people don't know you well, they don't know if you're being serious or not. But in the real world, yeah. <laughs> Sanjay, you've been on a bit of a hunt yourself eh? you know i've been hunting hunting. the biggest game of all yeah houses (laughs) (laughs) the most expensive of all yeah oh yeah i mean it's crazy to think like like comic books are like worth more than houses when you have to like mortgage a house you're like i'd have to like mortgage like uh, action comics number one or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's your comparison action comics are a brand new house so yeah you are you are moving you're in the process yes right it's been a bit chaotic for you hence the absence from the show yeah now tell me one thing about this new house okay does it have a designated nerd room absolutely of course yeah of course it's right off the developed basement so it's uh the room down there um so yeah. that's what we got here yeah, exactly yeah and i'm gonna turn it into kind of like a mini blockbuster so i'm gonna you know do some work put some shelves up uh separate the movies by genre and i'll uh, post some pictures once i'm all done but uh slowly but surely i'll be getting my own uh nerd room back so oh i cannot yeah. wait so tell me are you gonna do like the aisles like they were uh, in blockbuster I wish it's not quite that large, but it'll be like all the way around the nice. the walls, and uh, maybe like uh, maybe like a closet or two. Put in some like movies in there, so yeah. we'll see. It'll 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 take up a lot of space. All my <laughs> movies, I have them in boxes right now. It's like sixteen boxes. It's crazy. <laughs> like you never realize how much nerd room stuff you have until you have to move, oh. and then you're like packing, and you pack that so much more like close and like so much more you pay so much more attention to that stuff than like anything else you're like oh my my child's first like shoes i'm like yeah they'll survive the move Bin. yeah <laughs> it was like but the steel book like i got this steel book back in 2016 i can't part with this no. like this one's got to be like bubble wrap and styrofoam and it's it's crazy how much care and effort you put into curating your collection putting yeah. it all together 
and then when you have to pick it up and move it oh yeah it's a whole nother thing now i've been in this place for two years now which is crazy to think about really it seems like just yesterday oh, i know it's nuts but yeah we've been podcasting for here for almost two years probably the longest oh. or the longest running nerd room i think i'm volume three at this point yeah version three at this point yeah, yeah. it's my favorite one to date but i can i can attest for that same thing is that I packed everything. I moved everything. Of course, like, yeah. We had movers in the last move, and I said, N- you're not touching anything from yeah. this room. Like, I'll move it all. I'll pack it all. And there's always this we- this fear, right? And oh, yeah. You took your, your steel books to a particular place. You brought your comic books here yeah. tonight so that, you know, they're all in some spots <laughs> in various places. People <laughs> that I trust, you know, yes, my I- mother and you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, big, big congratulations Oh, thank on you. That. Thank it's you. A, it's yeah. a big move here, and you'll be there in... Starting the new year, and I look forward to, to kind of visiting the Blockbuster, taking something, holding on to it for way too long, incurring those big <laughs> fees, and then never giving it back and watching you slowly go out of business. There's no late <laughs> fees for you, Tim, you know. Um, but, will... you know, if you do want to read, like, any of the comics, I brought a lot of good DC stuff for you, so I'm trying to slowly convert you. I might dip. I might... If yeah. you listen to last week's episode, I don't know if you have a chance. We got some great compliments from our dude Carlos, yeah. who said that uh, we did a good job carrying that dc baton even without you in the room so yeah. i'm very proud of that one <laughs> yeah you should put that on like the back of like the blu-ray cover yeah like when we do the nerd room movie <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> carrying the baton well man it is great to have you back and we've got an exciting week this week we called an audible this morning as we were treated to marvel studios first teaser trailer post phase three for our first marvel studios film in 2020 being black widow so very exciting there we've got some great content towards the end of the episode we're going to buzz through this trailer troy may join us for that he's unfortunately caught up at work at this point in time but we've pulled the trigger we've started the episode we'll see if he's able to skype in a little later to give his thoughts on black widow and if not He'll be sure to give us them next week. And we'll it's the see- bachelorette season, so yes. Troy's very busy at work, you know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> One time, you know, he paid me all in loonies every time he owes you money. So just be careful with Troy. Yeah, you got to be careful with that, Just man. ask him. Just don't ask him where he stores those loonies. Ooh, loonies. <laughs> oh, so heavy. <laughs> and we're also going to be talking Wonder Woman 84. Now, the new trailer for that or our first look trailer is said to debut this sunday this coming mm-hmm. sunday at ccx sunday 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 <laughs> sunday it's great to have you back i missed that tim's missed already that. regretting his choice he's like i had a rolodex of people i could have invited they would have kept the show on track for me I invite Sanjay on, and it's going off the rails. I didn't invite you on. This is your podcast, too. <laughs> we jointly I just showed this. up. <laughs> it's just randomly on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm here with my comic books. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting stuff. Wonder Woman 84. We're starting to get some insight into the promo. Very 80s-esque. Oh, I love it. Looking forward to this trailer. We're going to definitely be talking about that next week. But there's some insight that's already been provided by Gal Gadot herself, Wonder Woman, as to what's coming, sharing some of that information. We're starting to see this really pick up some momentum. This and Black Widow's competing for, I'm not going to say the same space, but they're probably the two of the biggest, if not the two biggest, comic book movies next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both debuting in the early part of the summer, one in May and one in June. So Ooh. we're going to be discussing that. But first, like we do always at the top of these episodes, we got to talk about our week's in Nerd. Now, Sanjay, you have been absent for quite yeah. some time. A little time, yeah. A little bit here. 
Now, what have you been up to? I know you've been moving, you've been packing. Have you been yeah. adding anything as of you've been course, packing? Of course, man. It's, uh, it's Black Friday sales. Oh, yeah. Brown Thursday sales. <laughs> Cyber Monday. Is Brown uh, Thursday not a thing, is it? Oh, it's a thing. I is think. it? I just coined it right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Blue Tuesday. I don't know. Just the Wacky Wednesday. The rainbow. Yeah. Roy G. Biv, my man. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so Black Friday picked up a couple movies there. Definitely noticed a lack of movies on shelves compared to previous years. Yeah. I'd say even like two, three years ago, you would get amazing deals, many movies, like older titles and newer stuff mixed in for really cheap. But you could really tell like the streaming wars, they're hitting physical media. Like it's becoming more and more niche. Like you look at places like Walmart. Movie section is shrinking. Best Buy, same thing. But I still found some good stuff. One thing I did pick up, you know, I got the Flintstones Christmas Carol. Nice. Did and, not know that was a thing. Oh, you haven't seen that? Like the old Flintstones? Yeah, like from like the 60s. Wow. Yeah, like they did like a Christmas Carol special episode. But here's my question on that. How are they celebrating Christmas? Like, <laughs> right? Like, Good point. <laughs> Slightly out of the timeline. Yeah. Are they like time travelers? Mm. Are they like psychics? Or like George Jetson, was he not in? There's an alien for a bit there too. I think there's oh, a Jetson yeah. crossover at one point. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> they it's never all, really thought that one through. It's all about hitting that Christmas market. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Oh, you got, I mean, what's the most wackiest Christmas special you can remember? The holiday special. Star Wars holiday special. Oh, okay. So tell me about yeah, that it's it's just off the wall and it's is santa in it i to be honest with you i haven't watched it in years <laughs> but it's life day there's wookies she yeah. has a wife and a kid <laughs> what yeah I he's think, never home he's like a kid's... deadbeat dad well i think he's like got the life debt right so he oh. can't go home so oh. he's got, i think his kid's name is lumpy <laughs> lumpy yeah i can't remember the mom's <laughs> name but it's just off the wall I, like george lucas basically disowned it like, really i think they pumped it out I can't remember if it was in 87 or, or sorry, 78 or 79. And they just pumped it out because of the, how big it was. Oh, okay. And it just, I don't know. There's a big story behind it. I'm not <laughs> super familiar with it, but it's, it's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But my favorite one of all time is definitely there's a crossover between, big fan of crossover. Yeah. Crossover between Sesame Street and the Muppets. Oh, wow. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. And they go to Fozzie's grandma's or mom's house. Okay. And they all end up there. It's incredible. It's so hard to find though. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, I don't know who owns the rights to it, but there's no DVD. There's no Blu-ray. There's nothing. I have a, a version of it that I found wow. randomly, but I had like a VHS copy from wow. a, my mom videotaped it and it has commercials and all that. And it was really oh, cool commercials. that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I've had that for years and yeah. I finally found a copy, but like, it's so hard to find. It's like one of the most unique and it's just warms like the insides. Yeah. Just thinking about that one for me. Oh, that's awesome, man. But yeah, so You've been adding some films or Black Friday. So yeah. Anything else going on? Uh, no, not really. Like the Steelbook game has been pretty quiet for yeah. me. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides that, no action figures. No. Nothing. It's been kind of like a lull, just picking up some movies. Uh, a lot of horror movies I've been watching. Uh, some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really into Christmas horror. I don't know what it is. It's strange like strange subgenre. I love it though. <laughs> it's like this weird pairing where it's like it, it provides you like the warmth and comfort of Christmas, 
but then also in a horror film. It's just like a nice, cozy horror film. That is the opposite <laughs> of what I would want it. <laughs> I, could, I don't think I could handle that. I can't handle the genre itself. Yeah. But throw Christmas in there? I don't know. It's well, you could say like Home Alone could be construed as like a horror film. From the burglar's so. perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about the torture they go through. They step on tacks. They, like... Face get... burn with an iron. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. If I was a burglar, like, that's that's horror stuff. Oh, I love those movies. And they're now on Disney+, Plus because Disney owns Fox, and now they own Home Alone. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> so they just toss those up there as well. <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, Planet of the Apes Christmas special. They should do that. It's coming. Well, they own it, so uh, well, it's coming. They're yeah. going to monetize it in some fashion, man. Jurassic Park Christmas special. Yeah. Just the guys, everyone. It's okay. We're not going to eat you today. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. Yeah. In the Christmas Santa spirit. has to come down and, like, take away blue or something. Like, we, we should rate this. No. Stop taking the acid. <laughs> <laughs> we, what else should – okay, you let us know who else should have a Christmas special for all you listeners out there. Like, I, To be honest with you, I love John Favreau. He's talked about it, yeah. going and doing a Star Wars – Christmas oh, he bring it back. I would love for them to do almost like a tongue-in-cheek yeah. type of Christmas special, acknowledging the fact that the first one is ridiculous yeah. and kind of playing off that a little bit I, and just having it be more of a, a satirical take on it. I, I, it. I think I don't know if Lucasfilm would kind of do a satire of itself because yeah. uh, that would be a bit much at George Lucas, but I, I could see that working. I, yeah. I, I would kind of dig a Disney Plus christmas special Star Wars christmas special all right let's start the hashtag yeah. Star Wars christmas special on disney plus there it is boom all right so you said this week black friday cyber yeah. monday and i i kind of made that commitment right guys about doing the, the holiday toy hunt and i did mm-hmm. pick that up i was able to grab a whole bunch of really cool stuff nice from on black friday deals like a, a titan series thanos some more action figures they had Basically, some of the, the three three quarter inch from The Last Jedi and the vintage collection, all that, mm-hmm. were buy one, get one half off. So they're nice. at six bucks, and then one was half off. So three bucks. Incredible deals. Absolutely yeah. incredible deals. So I was able to fill up. I'm up to, I think, 12 or 15, 14 items. Nice. Um, man. So as my goal is 20 items from my side. And so super stoked about that. But I did break the rule. So okay. I, I couldn't, guys. I had to apologize. <laughs> and my commitment on the rule break was that that money was going to go, whatever I spend here, I'm going to spend. On the holiday toy hunt as well, but I couldn't pass up some of these Cyber Monday deals, Black Friday deals. So Amazon was having some crazy sales, and Troy was out there on the hunt digitally, and he was firing myself and and chop rules over there at Tumbling Saber some deals. And I got the Red Squadron Droid 3-pack. This is the uh, R2 units. Um, or the Astromex, I should say, R2-D2, R5, and R2-X2. So this is a three-pack that came out, I believe, around the Force Awakens time, or shortly thereafter, and it's like 80 or 90 bucks online right now. Whew. It dropped down to $22. What? That's I, a good deal. I, I could not turn it down. Like, Troy sent us a check this out. It was 22 bucks. So I pulled the trigger on that. And he had also sent me the Ant-Man and Ghost, or the Lewis, the Sunjay. Oh, yeah, the Sunjay variant. <laughs> the Sunjay variant, the Sunjay and Ghost 2-pack. It was also $22, but it's one of these limited time things. I yeah. didn't pull the trigger quick enough, and I missed out on it. I hate that. I'm so upset about it. Like, 22 <laughs> bucks is exactly what I want to spend on that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so I did miss that, but I also grabbed the Mark 
Seven from Avengers from the Marvel Studios first ten years Legend series. Yeah. I never picked up the Iron Man. This is the Iron Man from Avengers. Okay, and it was on sale for fifteen dollars. Wow! Again, I could not pass this up. The box came. It all came today. Nice. Everything's in mint condition. I'm super happy about that because that Iron Man it just disappeared, and I never. Mm-hmm. You had bought it for me at one point in time. Did I? Yeah, and I had found it and i said oh it'll be fine it'll go on sale. yeah and it disappeared oh i should have kept it and yeah sold right. it to you for so markup for, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it. but i was able to find it for the fit i just couldn't turn it down yeah and it came today mint i love this action figure nice. i've been keeping these ones in the box i'll see if that continues as I, I continue to evolve and revamp in the nerd room here but overall it was it was a great holiday toy hunt as well as picking up some things on the side with cyber monday and then black friday there it's some of these deals are just too hard to turn down. Like I'm never gonna find either of these for these prices. No. And unfortunately, I didn't get the the Sanji variant and the Ghost. But nonetheless, I'm sure that'll come down because they are stacked pretty deep everywhere. Well, right? I don't know. I mean, now that it's the Sanji variant, they're gonna go fast. They're gonna go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can two. autograph it yeah. for you. Not that it doesn't have the long hair though. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sanji yeah. <laughs> <laughs> growing it out. <laughs> and the only other thing I was doing is, of course, consuming Disney Plus. And yeah. Especially How's that the, going. Oh man, it's um. I'm loving Disney yeah. Plus and the content that they're putting out there. And then splitting my time with Netflix as well. You, you've mm-hmm. been watching The Toys That Made Us. Yeah. They just put out a new series called The Movies That Made I Us. I saw that, yeah. yeah. We got to Netflix and chill and watch that. Definitely. So there's Ghostbusters is in there. Yeah. And what was the other uh, one? Die Hard. Die Hard. Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah. And uh, there's one more. I yeah, think. I can't remember the other one. The other um, one didn't intrigue me as much. But basically, it's the same. I guess the same concept. I haven't watched it. Yet. Same concept. Yeah. Concept as Toys and Made Us is digging into these films. Okay. And just detailing. I, it looks like uh, the guy that played uh, Marv. Oh um, yeah. What's his name. Um, I can't remember his name. Marv Alert. Marv. Yeah, from Home Alone. There, and they got Dan Aykroyd from oh. Ghostbusters talking about the, just the creation, the conception, and also the the progression of building these kind of wacky ideas mm-hmm. and putting the screen that now become cult favorites. Yeah. And so that looks pretty cool. And there's also one called Jack of All Trades that just dropped on Netflix. And it's a, it chronicles card collecting. Oh, okay. Yeah, like nice. Baseball card. I'm thinking it's mostly baseball card stuff. Probably if it's the US. Side, yeah. yeah. And so that looks pretty cool. That's it's another awesome. really neat avenue for us collectors to see mm-hmm. how other people collect and how an industry like the card industry went boom and bust. Like hard yeah. Bust. I remember like going around malls in Calgary and there would be stores oh, yeah. dedicated to hockey, baseball, football yeah. cards. You have like your DC, your Marvel cards, your Pokemon cards. It's like, it was like every mall had like a huge store dedicated to it. It, it was nuts. And my grandfather too, he was yeah. a huge card collector. Oh, that's awesome. They all just kind of disappeared. Like there, there's some that are still worth money. Oh, I think, I think yeah. Like if you get like a Wayne Gretzky rookie yeah. card, I still think that's worth something. Oh yeah. But I just, it's just not the same industry. And so it's going to be really interesting to check that out as mm-hmm. well. And then, of course, episode four or chapter four of The Mandalorian dropped. Not going to do a review this week, guys. Um, I will give a quick spoiler free here. This one, I really enjoyed it. It took a bit of a turn mm-hmm. and the pace slowed a bit, but also pick, like it, it just, the, the action set piece in this are incredible. It takes some time to develop The Mandalorian himself and the relationships with the characters that he's now surrounded himself with. And it continues to be something that I really look forward to. And I'm in love with this series it's to the point now where all the funko pops going to be in the collection yeah any black series that comes out for it and i'm happy i got most of them Um, i'm just missing the cara dune at this point 
they're all going to the collection as well. Like I'm, I'm just thoroughly enjoying what they're doing with not only the characterization of the Mandalorian, but also what they're building, the universe that they've constructed around there and how it feels so much like Star Wars, yeah. very familiar, but the way that they're using it seems just organic for the story and it feels like a step in the right direction as far as doing something different, which I'm pretty stoked about. And we've chronicled that in the last couple episodes with episode or chapters one through three. So maybe next week or the following week as we kind of get into the more and more excitement around the rides of Skulk or we may try to take a, take a hit at episodes four, five, and six and just do kind of a summary of that and definitely we're going to do a mandalorian wrap-up episode for sure try and i will take you through all our thoughts and opinions on that but really that's that's been my week man and i like uh, it it's it's been exciting we're getting close to episode 200 we're getting close to the rise of skywalker wonder woman trailer it's going to be exciting a few weeks in nerd and it's going to be exciting 2020 in nerd you know we always yeah. do our wrap-up episodes and our most anticipated but we've got something pretty cool that we want to announce here and sanjay's gonna really give this because this is coming from that strange brain of sanjay's <laughs> he's he's an idea man he's always chucking stuff out to us and he really wanted to get something out here for you guys into early part of 2020 where it's engaging the listeners a lot more and i'm mm-hmm. gonna let you take uh, take it away sanjay here what your proposal is for everyone yeah, so if everyone would write me a check for three ninety nine <laughs> and mail it to me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we did, at the end of the year, two years ago, we did our box office fantasy draft. And uh, it turned out to be a huge success. Like, we had a lot of fun, me, you, and Troy doing it. Um, not so much that Troy won. And, yeah, you got uh, the golden... The golden Spider-Man. <laughs> Spidey, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful statue. You did a bang-up <laughs> job on that. I get so obsessed with stuff like this. I'm so particular <laughs> with stuff. He bought 30 Spider-Man yeah. just to make the one. <laughs> I did not. Um, but we're like, you know, we should get the listeners in because a lot of people are writing in, like tweeting us, like saying like, oh, I'm pulling for Team Troy or go Team Sanjay, you got this or go Team Tim. Yeah, Yay. No, no one's cheering for me. <laughs> I'm out of this year, anyways. That's all right. You had fun. I did. Yeah. I enjoyed it. That's the important I, thing. The participant ribbon. I like it. Um, and so we're like, well, let's get the listeners more involved. But we couldn't really do a draft with all the listeners because then someone would be like, the first round would be like, oh, I got a movie that made $10 million yeah. <laughs> compared to like Avengers Endgame. Be like, I think I lost. So I came up with this idea where we're going to do a fantasy box office draft, but it's just a little bit different. So instead of doing it where we do a round robin where we take turns picking movies, um, there's 15 different categories that I have come up with, uh, kind of talks it over with you and Carlos and Troy. And, uh, so there's three movies in each kind of category. And then, um, you'll have to go through each of them and pick the movie that you think will win that category. And, um, whoever has the highest box office total at the end will win some sort of sweet prize that yeah. we have not come up with, but it'll rest assured, sweet. it'll be sweet. <laughs> um, so like, for example, one of the categories, um, or groups as you will is Wonder Woman 84, uh, Black Widow and Venom 2. So, you know, I tried to pick movies that would be close in terms of box office predictions. Like, of course they'll be way off, but, uh, you know, just came up and say as best I could. So, you you know, you're going to have to go. The, your listener at home will take the list and say, oh, which one's going to win? You're like, well, DC's pretty awesome, so I'm going to circle Wonder Woman 84. or yeah, Definitely taking Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're like, I really loved Venom, and I think, you know, Venom's due for a sequel that's going to make you more, then you select Venom. Um, and then we're going to add them all up. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be posting a picture of the list of with all the groups that you can pick from. And then um, you can email it to us, 
by January 9th. January 9th, yeah. So, so it's nerd, at the NerdRM. Yes. Yeah, email us there at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, not at... Uh, Hotmail or Yahoo. Won't work. No. Won't no, get it. No. <laughs> Those are our sister stations. Don't, uh, don't, pre- yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys, um, have fun with it. Make sure you post your, um, you can also post it too. You know, let's make this like a fun thing. We'll get a hashtag going and, you know, we'll keep track of it and provide updated standings throughout the year. And, uh, I think it's going to be a blast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to film out my bracket. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. And I think it's a great way to get an interaction and get people, uh, on a wider scope within the Twitter gang and even bigger than that. Like whoever wants to partake oh, yeah. can partake. It's going to be open to as many people that want to participate. Like Sanjay said, we're going to put us on Twitter. We'll put it on Instagram. We'll kind of put it everywhere. Um, or if you want it, we can also email it to you if you want it directly. And it's just going to be the selection process. January 9th, like Sanjay said, is going to be the due date. Yeah. And once that in, done and dusted, because the oh. following week, that's when the first film started popping out. Yeah. Um, so we're taking away any opportunity to kind of build something in. Yeah. Like, like send this to everyone. Like, it's going to be free to play. So, yeah. like, send it to your kids. Send it to your wife, your husband, um, your mistress, yeah. you know, your boss, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your... Whomever. Whoever. You know, your mailman. Um, you know, a stranger on the street. Say, hey, have you heard about the nerd room? It's the latest craze. It's like pogs but 2020 it's the nerd room box office fantasy that's it you know just like (laughs) you should really like be standing out on street corners passing these out you know with a big bell ringing like nerd room fantasy not the sign because he'd get turned into the joker and then all of a sudden things (laughs) degrade into chaos i know yeah speaking of joker i mean that would have been like one of them on the list and you could have you, you could have picked it it was the last one in our fantasy yeah, pick it was. so it was a great pick yeah yeah so yeah that's coming for you guys so looking forward to getting a huge amount of participation there there will be i will commit to a trophy and then maybe something oh. else yeah, that we will have to send out there i think the trophy that... should be all three of our heads on like uh i did make body. us funko pops once nice digitally oh okay yeah. i was like oh where so. is it but yeah, guys, yeah. box office fantasy, and we're still going to be doing our box office Absolutely, fantasy yeah. on the back end or at the start of 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. Just the normal one that we do for that golden Spidey, but this is a way for everyone to get involved and we're really excited about this. Yeah. So hopefully you guys have fun and uh, best of luck for everyone. Um, have fun and let's just have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Have a, <laughs> have a drink every time Sunday <laughs> says have fun. Yeah. Just, there you go. You're <laughs> oh, drunk now. And, uh, only one entry per person. Yes. So, so you can't just fill out. Well, I don't even know what the permutation would be like 15 million of them and be like, aha, I have got it guaranteed. No, yeah. <laughs> just, just one per person. But you know, you have, yeah. relatives we trust, you guys. Or, we trust you guys yeah <laughs> yeah if we're not gonna get like a grabs and then a rabs and then an abs and then a bs and then an s yeah we'll be like okay something's a little fishy there yeah you can't stuff the ballot box yeah this ain't no presidential election no it's not this is bigger <laughs> we will be talking about the russians later though <laughs> <laughs> all right man let's jump into some of the news for this week it's been a light news week other than the black widow trailer but we're getting some more insight, and I believe this is ongoing at this point in time, or about to debut. This is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. A big CW crossover, and presumably the last big crossover for that, as a couple of these shows are ending, namely mm-hmm. Arrow. Yeah. But they've got a few other ones with Batgirl, Batgirl, Batwoman. Batwoman, Batwoman. yeah. Batwoman. Speaking of which, uh, I picked up Supergirl Season 1 for 10 yeah. bucks on Amazon. Nice. You ah. catch up. 
I haven't seen anything on the CW universe. Like it's something that I should be digging, but I just just haven't had time. It's just a lot because you got Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman. Hours of content. Oh yeah. I'll catch up. And then you got Gotham. I don't yeah. know if that's going to be on there, but... I don't think so. That's over too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that lasted five seasons. Yeah. So we got some images here of some Superman and some Batman and some yeah. Flash. Yeah. So they're getting tossed out those promo images here. And we've seen the kingdom come. Yeah. The Superman returns. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ralph coming back with a little bit of the flicks of gray here. We've got Tom Welling of Smallville yeah. reprising the role. Whew, somebody saved me. Yeah, somebody saved me. We've got <laughs> Kevin Conroy, the voice, the animated series voice of yeah. Batman, playing an older Bruce Wayne here. Looks pretty beat up. He's got, looks like he's got some sort of mech suit on. Yeah, that's from uh, Kingdom Come, I oh, think. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, Bruce Wayne gets beat up. It's been a long time since I read it, but, okay. like, the Batcave gets destroyed, and he's got, like, these uh, extensions to, like, the Batsuit to kind of... Help pump him up yeah. yeah that's cool and you can see the back suit in the background here we've got the wally west version of the flash from oh. the uh i think it's wally west but it's he's reprised his role a few times on the flash show I oh uh ship yeah john, john wesley ship yeah I think? Yeah, yeah john wesley ship so we'll go with that i, I it's probably like john wesley boat but yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but i love what they're doing here and even this kingdom come superman is holding the neck of the new iteration of superman yeah okay that new iteration of superman he may be like cool and all i just don't dig his costume no it looks kind of like i i hate this like rag on the costumes because i know the budgets aren't there but like some of the costumes look really good that one like the supergirl costume looks way better than like the movie version we got which was 40 years old but still you know that's a great (laughs) costume but like the superman costume like just do the same thing but just give him pants like yeah and i think that they try to do something different every time right right and so it's hard I guess at this point with the like how many different iterations there have been of Superman and how to do something that doesn't look goofy, but that's also within budget and mm-hmm. you can't CGI touch up. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to look as good as Cavill's suit, right? No. And arguably some people would say that Ralph's suit or kind of... I like that one. Reeves suit. Yeah, Reeves suit is yeah. kind of more the traditional version of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think this is really cool. And I said from the beginning, if I actually watch this stuff, like this would be an epic crossover. And this oh, is yeah. where you know dc has done really well in this mm-hmm. tv universe is this is an incredible feat to be bringing every single tv iteration of these characters back to the screen in some capacity oh yeah like it's super cool oh i love it it just got, got me thinking like dc has like the history of all their superhero films if they could do something like this in film oh, it'd be crazy where you had like michael keaton coming back and you had like jim carrey or like jack nicholson or like it would be bonkers uh, oh, like uh it would be the most biggest thing like that's kind of their only chance well not only chance but like that could be their end game if like 15 years 10 years down the road where they have everyone like from the movies coming back where it's like multiple generations it'd be that would be nuts right like that would be like that would be a huge event i can't think of like i'm having a brain fire right now but like you know what i mean like everyone that just came back that ever been in a dc movie like, yeah and there's a lot of batmans <laughs> yeah sure. it's just like thing like christian bale came back tom hardy well it's, it's just like all the different iterations of the villains and all yeah it's something i don't know how you bring that to screen so it feels like this this i think in the tv universe the what they have is because it's consistent within at least the look of it all yeah similar whereas the films are so different Mm -hmm. and contrasting bale's batman to affleck 
to you know Adam West to right. Ben Keaton. It would be interesting to see. Like I yeah. feel like like a, a crisis type of story on screen, which was something that they had talked. I guess Flashpoint was what they had talked about, but right bringing in different versions of these characters would be really cool or that'd even be... pulling in some of the tv guys into the movie oh, that'd universe, be cool yeah like grant gustison or whatever right yeah uh, it's 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 just such a cool concept and oh I, yeah I, like, I saw burt ward's gonna be on it from yeah. batman 66 yeah, robin yeah oh it's man crazy. i love it i don't know it's 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 just it brings a smile to my face to think that things like this are like that they have enough momentum mm-hmm. in this universe that they've constructed that they can do stuff like this yeah it's so cool I love it. love it, yeah. 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 And sticking with DC here, Wonder Woman 84. We're on the cusp of the big marketing push for DC's next big tentpole film mm-hmm. next year. Not next film, but next big tentpole. And Wonder Woman 84 coming out in June, I believe June 23rd. We've got Birds of Prey, I believe, in February. would be the first one out of the gate here. Yeah. But Wonder Woman is the one, the next big one, the big three that we'll be looking at. And... It's, it's about time we get something. We've got some set photos. Patty Jenkins has been pretty open with mm-hmm. what they're doing, what they're constructing, what they're really wanting to build off of from what we've seen of this version of Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's version of Wonder Woman. Fairly well received across the board, both from Batman vs. Superman into her own standalone film that took place during World War One, And now we're jumping into this Orwellian future of 1984 in the DC film universe mm-hmm. and gal gadot came out and said look guys it's coming you know hey everyone i'm gal gadot i'm not gal gadot i'm speaking for her <laughs> you're gal gadot oh I man the cgi post something from wonder woman was like whoever did that deserved an oscar yes <laughs> <laughs> what she said this is on an instagram post i'm here to let you know that something very exciting is coming away this sunday december 8th so this is at ccxp in sao paulo brazil this has become a very big event yeah it's huge very big comic-con and DC is going to have a major presence there. One of those big flagship pieces is going to be the Wonder Woman trailer. They're mm-hmm. starting to really release some photos, some insight into how the marketing is going to look. It's very 80s-esque. I love it. Yeah, it, It's so cool. It's contrasting a lot of what they've done before. And I think Carlos is the one that pointed this out, is that you know we get this Black Widow film, this dark, gritty, grounded mm-hmm. film, and then... DC's coming at us with kind of the more bright, poppy, 1980s film. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird, but I think it's fitting. Like, yeah. taking this character, if you're going to do a character and do kind of these three different generations, if you will, mm-hmm. I love that we're kind of still in the prequel world Yeah, with Wonder Woman. And I find that they may have a, a few more liberties that they can take with this film because of its its setting mm-hmm. and they can build into sort of a period piece you know i love a good superhero period piece i'm a cap guy for sure yeah and i like what they did in the wonder woman or wonder woman whatever it is i guess one now wonder just woman wonder 42 <laughs> and just how they're able to build into world war one and this building into the 1980s like, yeah, yeah. like i said the orwellian what is the brother i yeah and i i'm really loving this and it's got pedro pascal the mandalorian himself in it yeah, the thing I'm most excited for, and also kind of worried about, is what's Cheetah going to look like? Because, you know, I've seen the Cats trailer on my <laughs> big screen TV, and if she looks like that, it's going to be very weird. So, like, anything like that's better than Cats is going to be like, okay, I can relax and watch this movie. But if I'm, like, seeing, like, two hours of, like, Wonder Woman battling do you think cats? Do you think that they're going to go full feline on it? Or is it going to be more... Do you think they have to do, like, the half-breed, like, 
in some capacity she got bit by a cat let's say yeah <laughs> and she becomes half a cheetah or so yeah How, or is it going to be that she moves a bit and is a much more like the what's her name from oh um, catwoman catwoman from the bale stuff oh um, uh, from the bale stuff like uh anne hathaway and hathaway like more when she flipped up the, the yeah. glasses, they looked like cat ears. Uh, yeah. She had a sleek outfit on. But it wasn't so explicit in saying that yeah. she is Catwoman a la Batman Returns. Yeah. Like, can they, can they go a more, <sighs> less literal, more abstract version of it? I would not want that, only because part of, like, the appeal of the Cheetah and Wonder Woman dynamic is that she's turned into, like, this beast creature yeah. that's, like, half cat, half man or half woman <laughs> and uh, is battling wonder woman. So I think like that'll play into it where there's like some jealousy and like seeing like wonder woman. And then she's just like, you know, she loses her humanity. Right. Interesting. So, so I think like you have to go that route where otherwise it would just be like, she's just got superpowers and it's like, why is she mad at wonder woman? It's like, I got superpowers too now. Right. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be like a little bit different than the comics, but you, you could do something like, like a werewolf where it's like, a cat instead of a yeah. wolf i guess and it's like certain time of day yeah whatever brings it out in her yeah i mean i really like like the way like she looks in the rebirth comic where she is like full um cheetah we haven't seen any images have we nothing yet no, like we've yeah. seen some behind the scenes stuff where she's just in like Kristen wig civvies yeah 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 so i don't know i mean i i love Kristen wig as an actress I, everything she's been in i've loved so I have no doubt she's going to kill the role, but hopefully like the look that goes along with it is not like, cause it is a, it's a very important thing. Like with, I, you know, I hate to say again, but like with cats coming out, a lot of people are going to compare it to that film. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they got to nail it. That I think is like the number one thing. If you come out of that trailer, if I come out of that trailer on Sunday and like I, we see just a glimpse, you know, just a glimpse to like calm any fears. Not that I'm worried or anything, but that is like my one, kind of like checklist it's like yeah. okay how's cheetah well the thing that that with cheetah that has to be nailed in the trailer is that this film is done yeah right it was supposed to come out this year yeah i think like this week or last yeah. week and they pushed it six months so there's not gonna be an excuse on the table if the cgi looks poor like it should yeah. be done it, it's like some you know it's like all of us we're like oh we'll just like do it later and then they yeah. just like procrastinate They're like oh crap the movie comes out oh. in a week <laughs> <laughs> Trailer. yeah Damn it. Cut the trailer. <laughs> it's not like a sonic situation or something yeah <laughs> well, i mean it's a good idea that they did move it like look at how good frozen 2 is doing oh yeah if, if they kept it in this slot it'd be compete against frozen and star wars star wars and then jumanji, and jumanji? yeah, yeah like, it's forget just, it it's, that's quite dense and yeah. it seems like the right move and june is where it found so much success last time mm -hmm. it just makes sense to do it again there Oh yeah, I so, agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some of the other promotional stuff looks very eighties. I love like the colors, the vibrant. Like her costume looks more vibrant from yeah. what I've seen from set photos. And there's like gold, like she's got a more gold costume. Yeah, well. it's like there's armor costume. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to getting some actual footage of this. We've been waiting for a long time. Again, yeah. like we said, it's was supposed to come out now. Yeah. And so we would have had a trailer six months ago. Yeah. If it had come out when it was supposed to. Yeah. And so we've been really waiting on this one and hoping that we see some really good stuff from down there and they're also going to be showing potentially some birds of prey footage i don't know if we'll get that mm. as part of global participants but i did read one thing that they are trying to do or they're planning to do a twitter live stream of the panel oh cool so we will be experiencing it with the you know couple thousand or thousand person auditorium that they have mm -hmm. there 
at the same time. So that's something to look out for as well over on the Warner Brothers or DC Twitter feeds or whatever that we may be able to watch this live. Cool. cool. And then subsequently on YouTube. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hopefully. So maybe we'll get some of the first Birds of Prey stuff as well and some more insight into what James Gunn potentially is doing yeah. with the Suicide Squad. This has become like a big little Comic-Con it's, in Brazil. It's no longer little. It is huge. Yeah. Like, on, on, on that as well, on that note, we've got Marvel Studios heading down, Kevin well, Feige. First time? Uh, I believe so. We'll I'm just say, yeah, no one's going to fact check that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, first time ever. Right. <laughs> so he'll be taking down some phase four and presumably some of the phase five stuff. Like, I guess we're getting into Black oh, Panther. Yeah. They may be uh, announcing a Captain Marvel 2 there. Yeah. It seems that they're slowly dribbling out what's coming out in phase five. Most of the stuff we know of already, mm-hmm. and maybe just confirming a date. He, he mentioned already, yes, we're getting a Captain Marvel 2. We know Volume 3 from Guardians of the Galaxy is coming, so may just be putting a date to one of those, and we'll see if they provide any more footage, likely promoting this Black Widow, maybe some of the Disney Plus stuff. We know we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's in production, so might see a few snippets from that, which would be very exciting. And then Rise of Skywalker, Lucasfilm is down there as well. We've got J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, sorry, Daisy Ridley, John Boyegan, Oscar Isaac, all the big stars from that film going down and doing that one last promotional bit before the debut of the film so like you said this 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 comic-con is you know it's not quite san diego or new york but it's no. definitely up there for attendees of the major film studios yeah how do they pull that off we got to do that here yeah right <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible right maybe the you know hundreds of thousands of more people the millions of more people <laughs> that brazil has because brazil's got a big emerging market yeah um and globally and it's kind of your next step outside of China and India as far as penetrating a, a market that consumes this type of media fairly positively. So very exciting to see what comes next. And this just adds another point in time of, of the news cycle that you know we're going to be seeing new stuff. So we're always looking for content to discuss here. And they're always delivering, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, otherwise we've got to make up stuff. Exactly, just make up random stuff. Oh, I heard that the Rise of Skywalker had a test screening. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. Uh, People were running out of the auditorium pouring bleach on their eyes. Yeah, Throwing up in their popcorn and then eating it. That's how bad it was. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, fun fact. Did you know that Lucasfilm does not actually screen those movies? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty ballsy. It is, but it's, it's, I guess I could say, it's Star Wars. It's fine. It's going to be great anyways. (laughs) Yeah. some people would argue that maybe, not me, but I think they're all great. <laughs> I think so too. Yes, and we've only got a couple of weeks, man. We're going to be sitting down. Oh, uh, yes. Big right. lazy boys having a time. Rise of Skywalker. Wait. Cannot wait. What's for your that. anticipation level for that? Pretty damn high. Yeah, yeah. higher than Force Awakens? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Higher than Endgame? Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace. I, you know, I was in the. The universe and in the fandom for Phantom Menace, but not nearly the capacity I am right now. Yeah, I am like entrenched. In oh this yeah, forever. you should see his back tattoo. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, Darth Maul's face. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so I would say that it's funny because this year, what's my most anticipated? I think we talked about this at the first episode of, of this year. Yeah, and I had Endgame, and I oh, still yeah. how could it not that, be? Yeah, that Endgame. It's just the culmination of something so huge, and this is the same thing, but I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. One way or another, we first get to night, see both. It, I'm gonna, <laughs> going into the Christmas holidays too, it's going to be multiple yeah. viewing. 
I'm excited to see where this ends, where this actually goes. Yeah. Because there's so many dangling threads that they need to pick up and tie up if they're actually planning on ending it here at episode nine. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, we'll get there, man. We got a few weeks. We're going to be doing our preload episode here in two weeks and then our review episode in three weeks. So very, very exciting. That's going to be the last episode of the year. Episode number 200 as well. Will be the oh, review of the Rise special. of Skywalker. So yeah, very, very exciting stuff there. But then we got to move on here before we get to the Black Widow trailer. We got one pit stop to right. make and our Just boy grabs over. there it is our boy grabs he uh he's had this question lingering in the background here mm-hmm. for for quite some time and i've been pushing it waiting for all three of us to actually be on the podcast but i'm tired of waiting for the two of you to get your <laughs> shit together <laughs> we just want to like drive tim crazy before he fires us both and at replaces us yes i've already got replacements lined up yeah yeah we've got variant sanjay <laughs> just a marvel legend <laughs> no so i, I want to tackle this question now because i think yes. it's a great question and right. it's it's quite fitting i think for uh kind of a, a brief interlude before we get to the black widow which is effectively going to be the, the defining film for this character she hasn't had a lot on her own but she's had a, a lot of, of story told, but nothing super focused outside of maybe the Winter Soldier. So this really kind of boils down to what Grabs is trying to get out here. So he writes us, Hello, gentlemen, it's been a while. Well, I don't have a typical type question for you. I would like to recommend that the three or four of you, including Carlos, is just gonna actually be two of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, put together a list of sorts. I want your ranking of top character-defining scenes in comic book movies. What scenes make you jump off the sofa and say, they understand the character or even better make you say i now understand the character i could totally see grab saying it like that 100 percent. yeah That's, that was my grab as delivery. he's typing too it's got an explanation mark here i read it that way i'll let you decide how many you want to do but would love a mixed bag from both comic movie companies nice Grabs. all right dude it's great to have you back writing into yeah, the pod. Grab sorry me. it took so long for us to get to it I'm sorry again it's sunjay and Troy's fault. I'm sorry, Grabby. I'm taking zero of the blame for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim kept pushing it. You know, I said, let's do it. Just do it without me. And Tim said, no, you know, Grabs has got to wait. And I said, that's not nice. You know, he's been a loyal fan. And Tim. Boss Tim under it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After I shoved you under it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So let's maybe do a couple each here. All right. And uh, like I said, sorry, it's Troy's fault. He's not here. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add Troy's. So in this one scene in Spider-Man, <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, the one where he uses his web shooter. Yeah. <laughs> the organic one. Ooh. Right? Ooh. Metaphor for puberty. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Can you elaborate on that? No. <laughs> Such a... Throw something out there for me. What's, what's right. a scene that has made you literally jump off the sofa out of the lazy boy chair in the movie theater and say, yes, they nailed it. <laughs> um, the entire Joker movie. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just it, nonstop. It worked. Uh, it worked. Um, well, for me, I'm going to go to uh, a little known movie called Wonder Woman. Okay. There's a couple of scenes in there where they really nailed the character. Where There's, of course, the No Man's Land scene. Yeah. Where she's always like, Wonder Woman always like this ideal where she like stands up and she's kind of, 
idealistic but she's also like a little bit naive because she didn't grow up in our world right so she has like this idealized version of humanity and uh, for her to go across the no man's land and you know she's just like well we're just gonna do it like to her like it didn't seem absurd that she could just cross it um and also like when she's talking to the general and then she's like you would just let these people die while you just sit in an office doing nothing like not fighting like back where i come from like generals like fight on the battlefield and I don't know. Those two scenes like really nailed the core essence of Wonder Woman for me. Like I remember watching it in the theater, going like, "Yeah, like this is Wonder Woman." Like Patty Jenkins and uh, whoever wrote it, like they know Wonder Woman. So for me, uh, you know, she's only starred in one movie. Well, she started in a couple, but like she's only had like her one solo. Yeah. But like another one coming out. But like for me, those were like essence of Wonder Woman. Nice. That sounds like a deodorant. Essence of Wonder Woman. Why <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I like that. I like yeah. that. Well, I'm going to have to go to my dude, Cap. Of course. Who's that? Uh, Captain America, you know, Steve Rogers. Oh, yeah. Stevie boy. Yeah, he's a character, you know, CD lister. Not a lot of people know about him. No, no. But he did have this film that I'm quite fond of that came out in, uh, what was it? I was going to say 1997, but that's not right. 2011. Oh, are we going to talk about the original <laughs> Captain America movie? No. <laughs> when he rides the motorcycle, that is truly right. Cap with the helmet that's three sizes too big. Yeah, the motorcycle helmet? Yeah. And he fights <laughs> the Italian Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Still, still Axis Red Skull. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. All right, so there's a scene, you know, there's a lot of defining moments for Captain America. For sure. You know, you can, like... But the essence of the character to me is captured in the, in the first Avenger, mm-hmm. the scene where they're doing the flag climb. Oh, yes, yes. And all these big dudes are trying to get up this flag. It's about getting yeah. the flag and get a ride back and all this. It's, it's yeah. a great scene. And he goes and pulls the pin. Yeah. And the flag drops. He picks it up, hands it. And like it was this whole thing. They hadn't been captured in 60 years or whatever. Yeah. And to me, that captured the essence of the character. Because when you look at Captain America, you see the brawn. For yeah. the most part, right? For sure. And the intelligence piece of it is there, and mm-hmm. they do capture it in most of the films, but not in this way. There's a couple moments in Winter Soldier where they do capture this, mm-hmm. but this to me screams of the essence. You know, uh, Dr. Erskine, he's the one that the, the German that transforms oh, him. Yes. He gives him that speech, right? This is right. about what's inside. Yes. You know, he gives him the muscle, but it's what about it's inside. Mm-hmm. And that scene, the flag scene there, to me is one of the best in in the the Captain America franchise because it speaks to the essence that it's always been about more than the brawn. Mm-hmm. Right? The brawn was given to him, but everything that's inside of him yeah. was always there. That wasn't part, right? It's about making. I think that he says this is about making a good man great. Yeah. Right. It it, it it amplifies everything. But I think he had that in there, and I I just always love that scene. I love it in, in Captain America: The First Avenger. So good. I have one cap scene where. It's the one where he's getting beat up and he's like, I could do this all day. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And then skinny Steve. Yeah. And then they bring it back. Right. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm going to go now for the next one is a little, little character, little ditty named Superman. Okay. Um, Is this from, is this going to be from Man of Steel? No, no. Okay. No, actually I stayed away. Um, so I went back to the OG Christopher Reeve. Um, so I'm going to Superman the movie. Just the dynamic between Superman and Lois Lane, where Lois is interviewing Superman on the balcony, just answering, asking the questions, and then finding out more about Superman. I just found that scene like so dynamic. It's like they nailed the essence of Superman and Lois Lane. Um, and of course, the other scene is when Lois is falling and Superman catches her, and then she's like, "He's like, don't worry, ma'am, I've got you." And she's like, "You've got me. Who's got you?" Right? Like so. Like there's like a funny scene. And it's like. 
I don't know. It's just got so much heart to it. And it, that scene is just like, you, you watch it and you're just like, yeah, man, like that's Superman. Like that's so cool. Um, and then I'm going to go back to Superman two where he's like about to fight general Zod and he gets his power back and he like taps general Zod on the shoulder. Or he's just like a uh, general, like Zod's in um, the daily planet. And he's like, general, would you like to step outside and like talk about this or something? Like, it's just like, so like the boy scout of Superman, where, you know, he's always doing the right thing. And it's just, like, wholesome in a way. I don't know. I just really dig those movies. And I, I don't see a lot of people talking about those movies anymore. You know? I, I I love Man of Steel. I love Batman v Superman. But I feel like sometimes a lot of people forget that the Christopher Reeve movies were also great yeah. in their own kind of way. And uh, so I just wanted to, like, shed some light, you know, talk about those that are lesser known. Well, not lesser known, but, like, lesser talked about, you know? You may not like them. You may like them more. You may like them less. But I think they're dope. So, uh, yeah, those are my Superman Superman picks. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. I'm going to slide over to a villain here. And this one is one that it's more in hindsight that they mm-hmm. captured it for me. And it's not exactly the character book or character. It's not exactly <laughs> the comic book characterization that they're mm-hmm. capturing. But what they're able to construct in the film just to me, the essence of it just screams, yes, they, they nailed this for this film universe. And that's mm-hmm. Thanos. Oh, yeah. In Infinity War. And the scene I'm going to talk about here is actually when he is on Thor's ship after mm-hmm. they dismantle the Asgardians, and he takes off all the armor. Mm-hmm. And to me, that very much symbolized him moving away from the Thanos we see in Endgame, the younger Thanos that's mm-hmm. more this tyrant going and killing and him going into another level yeah, where he's kind of shed that armor. He is now moving towards what he would consider his end goal. Yeah. And the way that he thinks about this whole thing, about him cleansing the universe of half its population to actually bring about peace and prosperity. Mm-hmm. And I just love that whole scene of him taking off the armor because that, signali- yeah. that signifies the difference between what we see in high in in infinity war and endgame right. it's only with the contextualization of endgame that you actually do get that concept mm-hmm. and so in hindsight i just love how they did that in there yes yeah. because we're always when we looked at infinity we're like why doesn't he have his armor on like yeah that is thanos him armored up right but yeah. it was a different thanos that we saw in infinity war mm-hmm. and then we got the armored up version in endgame right yeah no, so that's a good yeah point. i really like that scene awesome uh, i'm gonna go to a movie that you know, I don't really love, but it has a couple good scenes in it. And that's uh, X-Men Last Stand. Um, this is Magneto. I think probably, for my money, Marvel's greatest villain. Okay. Um, I definitely think if I had to put money on like a standalone villain film for Marvel to do what Joker did, Magneto would be my pick. Um, and I'm going to go with the scene where Charles Xavier's dead. And then like some mu- young mutant was like celebrating. And then Magneto turns to him and is like, Charles Xavier has done more for your mutant rights than mm-hmm. you'll ever know. And it's just like that, like essence of Magneto where he's like, he wants to do the good thing, but like him and Charles are friends, you yeah. know? And like they have disagreements on how to go about doing it, but they both want the same end goal. Mm-hmm. And I just really dug that scene. I mean, it's just like a minor little scene, but like from a movie that wasn't so well loved, I was like, yeah, like more of that and less of like the weird, like, I don't know, the, you know, like the weird like scenes where like they just kill people for no reason. And like, where's Cyclops? Oh, he's yeah. dead now. Yeah. <laughs> that was Brian Singer. Whoop. No, that wasn't That was Brian Singer. Singer's fault, wasn't it? Yeah, it's his fault because he left uh, for Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My last one for this right. is going to be Hulk smash in Avengers. Oh, I like it. Yeah. 
to me, that was the defining film for the Hulk and the Hulk mm-hmm. that we eventually evolve into with an Endgame. But it's that scene where Cap turns to him and goes, "Hulk, smash!" I and love he it. Smiles, yeah, and takes off, yeah, and just starts crushing. That whole sequence mm-hmm. is what elevated the Hulk. Yeah, it was one of the standout characters in Avengers, I would argue, and he had a few good scenes with Thor. That moment, though, that smile mm-hmm. after the smash, oh Captain yeah, America love it it's that to me is like yes yeah there it is <laughs> yeah there is hulk yeah i just i just love that one so those are those are my three nice there's cap nice. thanos and hulk and yeah it's... i love it oh cap thanos and hulk so you have no uh thor ones no you know what it's i thought quite hard about thor yeah and i struggled to put my finger on an exact moment because the characters changed quite a bit yeah um, and you could argue the same thing for Hulk. Like he's gone through quite a Professor quite an evolution. Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that when you look at the character and when mm-hmm. they broke out, yeah. and when they nailed it, um, I would have to say that for Hulk and Thor. To me, I would have to say there's probably a moment in Ragnarok where, mm. to me, he really comes out. Um, he had some very significant moments in all of the Avengers films and even his own solo films, but. I, I just don't... There's not a standout moment in my head that I can yeah. think of where, where Thor is. And I try, even with Iron Man, too, you, you think about what was the standout moment, the I Am Iron Man moment. That would probably be mine, yeah. but that was like 25 films ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But that's like the character-defining moment, right? Yeah. Um, I think just casting Robert Downey Jr. was the character-defining exactly, moment. Exactly, right. As soon that. as Robert Downey yeah. Jr. was born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was born to play that. So. Yeah. That was great, man. I, awesome. I really enjoyed it. Oh, wait, before we go, I just got one quick... Uh, yeah. Batman one, okay. and, and by one quick, I mean two quick. Batman Begins, the dock scene where he's like do- do- uh, dodging in and out of like the shadows and like taking up the bad guys, and yeah. you know just the fight scene of Batman, like that's so Batman. And uh, Batman vs Superman at the beginning, where you know everything's crashing down and there's Bruce Wayne running into the rubble to like save everyone. I was like, yep, that's a that's a Bruce Wayne scene. That's a good Batman scene. So. Nice. Showing some love to my man Batman. To Batman, there it little is. known superhero. Yeah. You gotta go and support him, or else he's not gonna be around anymore. Not much longer. He's only been around for eighty years. Yeah, <laughs> you say the first eighty is the easiest. It's the next eighty that's hard. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, we are going to be jumping into our Black Widow trailer review. Let's do it to cap this episode off. Now, this film comes out. May 1st, 2020. It is a solo Black Widow film. Did you ever think you'd see the day? No, to be honest with you, I did not think we would see after, especially spoiler, everyone's seen Endgame, including Grabs now. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't think they'd be going back and revisiting this character. I'm happy they are, though. Yeah, me too. My only concern, though, is like, why are we getting this film now instead of before Endgame? You know, like, I wish this film came, came out where captain marvel came out you know and then you could have been like oh and then like this feeds into endgame like i get why they're doing it and maybe they're gonna use it to set up a new black widow but it just feels like my one gripe is like i wish either you know this came out before she she died in endgame or if like we didn't know that she was dead i don't know yeah and i that's a tough one yeah and i think maybe in hindsight does it make sense to have this come out before infinity war 
Yeah. Because this really leads into that character. That would have been really cool. But then you start asking yourself questions. Why isn't there... Where's the Black Widows? Where's the Red Guardian? Else, Maybe those questions... They got snapped away. Easy. Maybe. Every single one except for her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it does beg the question about the ordering, the sequencing of these things. And the ability to go back and tell another strong female-led superhero film, I think, Mm -hmm. to me, is very appealing. And Black Widow has always deserved that film. Yeah, I agree. And this, to me, I'm okay with the jumping around the timeline a little bit. Yeah. Because it's probably going to be very well established as to where it is. Yeah. And the film that at least I think they're constructing, it... I don't know if it matters much if it had come out before Infinity War, if it would have added much to it. Yeah, we're filling in gaps here. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling this, you know, could this be a testing ground mm-hmm. for doing more films out of the sequential ordering that they've been so very much attuned to yeah. in the last 20 some odd films? The only one that really happened out of order was Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Where they went back in time and then eventually ended up in present day. Mm-hmm. That's the only one when you're talking about like pure finite sequence. I guess Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is yeah. another one that falls out of time, but it's kind of separate because it's a space opera. It's a space universe. So the timeline doesn't, doesn't need to really match up count. with yeah. what's going on on Earth. Mm-hmm. So I, this doesn't bother me a whole bunch that it doesn't actually take place in the, the kind of sequential, the, the movie going order that... Mm-hmm. we're so used to for marvel studios and how they trained us to watch their films is that you know one film is essentially the sequel to the one that came before it no matter if it's in the thor franchise or if it's the cat franchise or avengers or whatever mm-hmm. like far from home is essentially the follow-up of the sequel to endgame right and this is going to be a little different but to me the timeline feels about right they've gone back to pre-civil war timeline and they seem to be like they're going to be jumping around a lot. This isn't a true origin. They're not going back, at least holistically, to a point where Scarlett Johansson is 15 or 16 or something like that. And they're walking through a big chunk of this film then. Yeah. This is more or less happening, not quite present day, but it seems like it's going to kind of occur for the most part in that 2016-2017 time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to Infinity War. Magical lo- time. Exactly, the great time. <laughs> but it also looks like it's going to be jumping to what I would call that younger age mm-hmm. and maybe somewhere in between as well, as we'll talk about here when we start breaking down the trailer, with her, I guess, when she does the whole flip to the American side of things. Yeah. Um, They'll show she- her listening to Britney Spears from like the yeah. early 2000s. <laughs> Where she loses her Russian accent and gets the American yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah. And my guess also too, is there going to be what I would call also a pre-infinity war as well, where mm-hmm. she maybe grades into that blonde hair secret of vengeance with Captain America. And I really think there's a possibility we're going to see Evans and maybe Downey you in this film away. that would be huge yeah i would not surprise me if we see at least one of those characters namely captain america a bearded captain america where they kind of show kind of the natural progression of where she goes from here into where she is at the start of infinity war mm-hmm. so what we're gonna do here guys like we always do we're gonna kind of just give some high level thoughts uh we've started that already but then we're also going to break this down in a bit more detail run through scrub through this 
Uh, we've got the sub. We've got a new kit here in the nerd yeah, room. Yeah, looking we've, nice. We've got a, fresh. a dual monitor system here, so we're able to all see now, not just me. Yeah, before Troy used to have to act out the trailers exactly. for us. It was very exhausting yes. for him. Exhausting, and him acting out of Black Widow, I don't know if he could pull that off. <laughs> Troy could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, high-level thoughts on this trailer. So, right. it kind of dropped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I got the notification, hey, Marvel Studios tweeted for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And I clicked on oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder what they're doing. Boom, Black Widow trailer, what? Yeah. <laughs> and this dropped Tuesday morning. We recorded Tuesday night, so like I said, we called the Audible. We're definitely reviewing this. How could you not? Exactly. And we've got snippets from San Diego Comic-Con, D23, mm-hmm. some trailer descriptions, some posters, some concept art. So we had visually an idea what this film was going to be about or mm-hmm. how it was going to look, how it was going to be portrayed, kind of giving that Winter Soldier vibe, that Bourne, that Craig-era Bond type of film. Yeah. And it seemingly delivers on that, at least from this first trailer. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. You know, spy films, they're kind of like their own genre, right? And you got, like, the globetrottingness of, like, the Bond films yeah. where it's like, we're going to Jamaica, now we're going to Czechoslovakia, now we're going to the Soviet Union kind of thing. So this totally has that. Um, I'm digging it. I did notice one scene here that reminded me a lot of Star Trek The Reboot really yeah the scene where she's like we'll get to it when we like do it but the scene where she's like jumping down and they're like uh firing bullets at her while she's like skydiving okay yeah yeah yeah, i was like oh i like that's very familiar so uh, i don't know man i i'm really excited for this film like as i said this was one of my most anticipated when we did our like most anticipated mcu phase four films you you know me i like the serious stuff you do and this one looks very serious like (laughs) give it time there are jokes in it but to me this is probably gonna be the most serious one in a long time like this is that the winter soldier you said the civil war this this thing looks really good like i'm really excited to see this film yeah this almost seems like the pseudo or spiritual sequel to winter soldier yeah in some capacity it seems to be dealing with a lot of the similar elements Mm -hmm. and even building off the back end of civil war where we had the Winter Soldier program, which was also a Russian program. Yeah. And we have the Black Widow program that we do see in here, which seems to very much parallel that, mm-hmm. which I like. And again, coming back to the concept that, yes, this feels like Winter Soldier. It's, it's, got, it's got a very similar tone to it, at least from the trailer. Isn't it nice that like the Soviet Union and the Russians make perfect bad guys for movies? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah, Rocky Four? Yeah. Do <laughs> you think they watch Rocky Four and like this is shit? Yeah. Drago should win. Yeah. You suck Rocky. We saw Creed too. Yeah. saw what happened. Man. I haven't Poor seen. Guys. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Uh, you oh, yeah. Seen, yeah, 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 I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just something about like you're missing that in like today's films where we don't have like that, like the Evan Drago where you can be like, yeah. Yeah, they've only been using the entire Middle East for, <laughs> for the last 15 years as the bad guys. I missed Iron Man that. 1, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's jump into this trailer. So, All right. So we're going to start. We're going to kind of have this playing in the background here and, and just really going about some of the main scenes here. So it kicks off with a, a voiceover from Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow, and she's using yes. the lines from Endgame. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm going to say this whole thing in a Russian accent like oh, Scarlett no. Johansson. Oh, no. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are in nerd room. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like David Harbour, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying more for, uh, what's his name from Iron Man 2? 
Oh, Mickey Rourke. Oh, Mickey Rourke, yes. Yes, where's my bird? Yeah. I need my boyd. My boyd. My boyd. <laughs> <laughs> Over under how many bir- boyds are there going to be in this film? Boyds, none. Should... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a reference to them, though. Oh, boyds? Yeah. Not boyds, but the, um, what's his name? I can't remember his Whiplash? name. Whiplash? Whiplash, but Iron his, his family name. Oh, yes, yes. yes Dragos. Yes, yes. <laughs> so she has this voiceover. She says, I used to have nothing, and then I got this job, this family, but nothing lasts forever. So this is coming out of her discussion with Captain America in Endgame here. And what this is, while this is going on, what's happening is we're getting flashbacks from other films where they have alluded to her history. Namely, we've got the scenes from Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, or Avengers Age of Ultron. We've got a scene in here from Avengers here where she's leading out Captain America onto the ship, onto the helicarrier. We've also got a few scenes here with Nick Fury and Winter Soldier here. So just kind of chronicling a bit her history within the MCU. And we've seen this used, this at least style of trailer cutting used mm. quite a few times in the MCU and in Star Wars where they take clips from the original films to pad out the two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm showing a ton of footage here, but also helps contextualize this. And I, I kind of yeah. like this style of trailer cutting where it's using old dialogue, some slightly new footage, but also going back and revisiting some of the older stuff to help get you in the feel for, okay, I know where this character's been, I know where this is going, and I get a good feel for what to expect go forward here. Yeah, it's good marketing. It builds the like legacy of the character. Exactly. You yeah. know, you're like, I'm part of something bigger, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And it's and also, yeah, it reminds you that, yeah, exactly that, that yeah. it's part of something bigger. This isn't mm-hmm. something that's standoff on its own, it's isolated, that we're going to forget all this stuff, we're going to yeah. kind of tell this in somewhat isolation so that you don't need all this. It's good to have all the, all the material and all the Black Widow knowledge going mm-hmm. to this because I think it's going to really help define the character and where she's at in this point in her life. Yeah. And so that's when we step into what is another interesting voice over here. And this is a, a point in the, in the trailer here where I'm a little bit confused. You know, we've got her clearly running away mm-hmm. from the moment in Civil War where she turns on Black Panther, on Iron Man, and allows Captain America and the Winter Soldier to escape off to Siberia, wherever it was, to go and face the Winter Soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so she's on the run here. But I think this is a bit of clever trailer editing where we do have General Ross saying, this is General Ross from Civil War, from, you know, our incredible hulk and he does make way appearance in endgame i believe or infinity war sorry yeah and he says i heard you had to leave in a hurry uh, so what are you going to do my question to you is you know mm-hmm. when we look at general ross when we see general ross which is we saw set photos we knew he's in this film yeah but you see him in here and he looks rather de-aged yeah he he looks kind young. of that swipe of technology across him yeah what do you think this is because this is the confusing part like she should never have any real linkage with general ross unless he's chasing her oh post-civil war yeah because he calls them war criminals essentially Mm -hmm. at the start of infinity war but why they made the swipe of the de-aging like maybe william hurt has just aged a lot yeah it's been a rough two years (laughs) (laughs) but is he chasing her here or is this something from even before the confusing bit is he's in a suit so he Mm -hmm. seems to be in his secretary of state not so much the general ross we saw in incredible hulk right so the immediate assumption here is that this is post-civil war and this is him following up on all that um do you think there's anything to be read into here about the de-aging like could this be going back to 
maybe when she does her conversion or when she switches sides from the Russians to the Americans? Like, do you think that he's played a bigger role in her life or is that more of a Sam Jackson role? Like we're likely to see him in here as well. Oh, for sure. Some flashback. Um, I definitely think, yeah, maybe he plays a big role in getting her defected. Um, that's the only explanation I could come up with because yeah, he looks a lot younger here than even he, than he did in, uh, incredible Hulk. So this is maybe going back to like the early two thousands, like maybe even late nineties. Yeah. I don't think he looks as young as he did in incredible Hulk. Like he's definitely a much younger man, like a bigger man. That was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know about this one. I, I, it's cool that we have this linkage across with general Ross reappearing here. In and out. I would say this is probably his Secretary of State role. Yeah. Okay. Um, is what I'm guessing. And this is him chasing her post-Civil War. So like, you'll come back here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he said it's so weird, but, like, that's what he said. He's like, you come back here. You come back here. <laughs> so, and there, yeah, again, you know, heavily alluding to the fact that this spy espionage lifestyle mm-hmm. that she has with multiple IDs and the passports and all this and her basically being on the run, you know, we haven't seen her in that capacity yet where she is a spy on the run, you know, going mm-hmm. back to that. She's always been part of either the Avengers or S.H.I.E.L.D. where she's more or less had a home, as she's kind of explained already in this trailer. And it's interesting to see her go back to this this real espionage. And we haven't got a ton of that from, from Black Widow here. And now as we step into the next part, and this is where we start to really pick up some of the pace, and this really gives us some insight into how hard-hitting this yeah. film is going to be. So we got her opposite... Florence Plow. Plow? Plow? Pew, 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 pew. Uh, From uh, Midsommar, you know, that lovely horror film. Yes, <laughs> that I never watched. <laughs> <laughs> so we got her coming in here, and she uses the word sis, and mm-hmm. they have a great action set piece. This real mirror image of mm-hmm. one another. I love this scene here where they both step out. Yeah. It's like she's stepping into a mirror, which is really, really cool and fascinating here. Clearly another woman that was part of the Black Widow program from an early age here. And this bond that they have, this sister bond, mm-hmm. seems to be a little strained here at the start. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty dynamic and hard-hitting fight. I, I really enjoyed this part. This felt, again, very much choreographed like Winter Soldier. Oh, absolutely. Hard, hard hits. Yeah. The camera cuts, too, yeah. going from the, you know, basically direct on to above. And we're seeing a real different look and different cut style or edit style for the fight scenes here, mm-hmm. which I really, really like too. Close quarter fighting, hard hitting fighting. Very like born like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Born I think, you know, to that point, taking the cues from the born universe, from the Craig mm-hmm. Bond stuff, very appropriate for this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely loving this. And it's 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 interesting here. The trailer also builds this idea that she has this other family. You know, she mm-hmm. talks about the Avengers at the start of the trailer, and we see it in Endgame about her having this larger family. You know, she finally nice. feels like she belongs, which is interesting when you juxtapose it to what we see in this trailer here, where they slowly build that she had a family around her. Maybe yeah. it was dysfunctional, or maybe it was maybe born they out of trauma. Her. Maybe you know, but that that whole traumatizing piece of it is mm-hmm. how you find a companion in trauma, and. But this seems like she has a family, and that that word is actually used in the trailer, you know, by David Harbour, you know, family back together. It's like Fast and the Furious. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind of family. (laughs) But she looks great. Florence Pugh Pugh. looks great as what is inevitably going to be 
maybe the Black Widow plays in Black Widow 2, if you will, Ooh. as we move forward in Black the MCU. Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> <laughs> the MCU seems to go through a very similar turnover that Marvel Comics did in the sense that they're slowly replacing some of their mainstay mm-hmm. characters. And do you think that she's going to be taking the reins here, that this movie is effectively a baton passing yeah, oh, of yeah. the character? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big reason why this film is getting made. It's like an introduction to the new Black Widow. Um, why wasn't she in Endgame? Easily. She was snapped away. Boom. Done. Yeah, I don't need any more explanation. I, I buy it. Yeah. I mean, snapped. Nice. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I. You know what? To me, it's just that she has been brought in. Uh, like you know theories on the outs wherever he is mm-hmm. scroll maybe i don't know yeah and maybe she's a scroll yeah maybe we're scrolls who knows we could yeah. all be scrolls yeah and maybe i'm in the microverse too yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's to me it's, it seems like a natural progression you know we need these type of characters we need mm-hmm. that diversity amongst the team and for me th- this is a character that could show up if we ever do get that hawkeye disney plus show um if we ever do get an eventual shield show or avengers whatever new avengers this is a character that i think you could see show up down the road again which would be pretty exciting oh yeah absolutely like the character black widow is so interesting like having that spy on the team yeah who's more like grounded hand-to-hand combat yeah you can't lose that well she's also a viewpoint in for parts of the audience too Mm -hmm. right the grounded element of it the hawkeye effectively is the same way and you know captain america is always meant to be the audience's view into the film, right? The, their mm-hmm. line of sight through some of the crazier elements of it all. But I think in most of the films, she provides a lot of that grounding, you know, especially Winter Soldier. She contrasts Captain America very nicely in that film. Yeah. You got a lot of really good development there. And that's what this character, I think where the importance lies in having an individual like that on the team is that gives that, that stark grounding that stark. Yeah, it was a good pun. Oh, I like <laughs> so yeah, but let, let's move on here. What about all the different uniforms that we're seeing here? Yeah. You know, we've, we've seen her don many different hairstyles and many different uniforms. It's like a Schumacher Batman exactly. film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pumping out toys, right? Yeah. So we see her in one, this, I don't know where this is, and I'm trying to like track her hair as well. Oh, yeah. Um, because that's often an indication as to <laughs> what point in her life we're at. Yeah. Uh, the changing hair. This looks to be a bit earlier on. It seems I'm digging this new black uniform here that we got here. This is very much more comic accurate than some of the other ones we've seen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This looks has a little bit more body armor too. Yeah. Exactly. And again, coming down to this hard hitting aspect of it, we're seeing. Uh, I this, love this. The white uniform. Oh, the white uniform. Yeah. Holy. Like this is again. This is typical. Hey, we're going to snow. So yeah. <laughs> here's your white uniform. But it looks great, and she does the superhero pose. Like knocks oh it yeah, absolutely out of the park. She's just great. Scarlett Johansson in this role has, to me, has always excelled. Yeah. And this is again giving that platform, that that spotlight mm-hmm. that she's really needed, and we're finally getting it here. Oh yeah, it, you know it's kind of like a reward for all her hard work as yeah. Black Widow. Here, get your own yeah. billion dollar franchise. Two thousand ten. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think? Just going off topic, but you oh. think this film makes a billion dollars? You think they'll do another prequel, like a prequel of a prequel? It's like, oh, we got to keep it going now. Yeah, well, they have so many different forums now to do this stuff. Right. Like Disney Plus and, and with the film universe expanding to four films a year. Yeah. So I think, is this a testing ground for the ability to do prequels to 
go back and do another Iron Man story or another Captain America story, some sort of in-between sort of universe that they construct around yeah. the characters being dead in Endgame and having that nice send-off, but also having the ability to say, hey, we have a Cap, cap two and a half here. Oh, <laughs> like a film like that would make a billion dollars instantly. Yeah. So like seeing those characters reprise those roles in a way that doesn't mess with continuity, I dig it. We'll see how this one goes, how we feel about kind of walking back in time mm-hmm. before jumping forward in time. There's a bit of confusion there about how they've taught us to watch films, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm pretty pleased with with the ability to revisit a character like this, especially Black oh. Widow, deserve very much deserving of her own. Yeah, film. worked for Captain Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's I guess that's the other one. I said that was only the Cap was the other one, but Captain Marvel was out of sequence as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, didn't really bother anyone. <laughs> Bothered me. They have to make them period no, pieces when they do this. This is why this one might be a bit more difficult because. Yeah. It's not a period piece. It's set kind of in this nebulous time between 2016 and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So there's not an ability like Wonder Woman has that the capability to contrast in the 80s and say, yeah, right. this is clearly set in the 80s. Yeah. The first one was clearly set in World War One. Yeah. It's in Captain America. And even Captain Marvel had the ability to say, yeah, this is in the 90s. She's wearing the nine-inch nail. She's got the grunge look going on. Yeah. So they could say, yeah, this is out of sequence. You know, Sam Jackson is 35 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> but... We also see in this film, moving on into to kind of scribbling through the back end of this, the what looks to be a more modernized version of the Black Widow program. It, it seems right. to have continued. We've got very much that Winter Soldier program type look to this, mm-hmm. right? Which is interesting to see, like, are these going to be the true villains or villains oh. of the film or at least the cannon fodder yeah. for the film? We, ha- we seem to have some sort of cannon fodder army mm-hmm. where they're masked up. You can beat the shit out of them. You can yeah. throw them out. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That faceless cannon fodder. The, the Shatari. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need that. And then the main villain of this film that has been promoted and we're getting our first real insight into here is Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Sorry. What do you think of his look? Uh, I like it. You know, yeah. it's kind of... That skull mask. Skull mask. Yeah. And He's got like, the armor. Got a little bit of flair, a little bit of color. He needs like a checklist. Well, he's, he's a cape, Because he's too. a taskmaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he have a cape in the comics? I believe so. Yes. Maybe which... it's CGI and I'll just be like added on. Man, they could. But I love that they captured like this purple and blue, mm-hmm. which is very much from the comic books. And it doesn't feel out of sorts either. And I love that he's got him here firing their bow, which I think is a huge callback to at some point he's fought Hawkeye oh. and has the ability to mimic his... Oh, is that his thing? So that's his thing. So he can. he's kind of like this mere mimic where... If he sees or watches an individual mm-hmm. do something that, oh, a fighting technique, where he's able to pick that up and then use that against them and then also anticipate how that individual is going to fight. Oh. So my assumption here is that he's tangled with Hawkeye in some capacity and he's now has the ability to shoot an arrow like Hawkeye. Well, what if you like fight him, but you like fight him really bad? So then he mimics that and then someone else comes in and is like, <laughs> oh, you fight bad now. Boom. Yeah. But, yeah. That's how they beat him. I bet you in the movie. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. They just some, trick him? Yeah, like, oh, let's send out our worst fighter. Colston, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> and another character that we do have in here who I question what his capacity, but I love what they're doing here, is David Harbour. He's playing a character known as Red Guardian. Oh. Yeah, and they introduce him here like he's getting, or at least he's getting released from jail or escaping from jail in some capacity, kicking down the door. I don't, I think in the comic books, the character is found, I can't remember the name because there's a few Red Guardians. 
I don't think he's enhanced in the comic book, but it appears that he has some sort of enhancement here, kicking down that big door and all that. No. And his suit looks, to me, I love it. Like, the yeah. helmet yeah. and the kind of the, the inference that he's put on a little weight. Yeah. It looks a lot like the first Avenger Captain America suit. Mm-hmm. So this is something that maybe he hasn't put on in, you know, two decades. Yeah, Mr. Incredible style. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I love it. And David Harbour seems awesome in this in this role. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what to expect out of this because generally I think, and they could have used it in this film very much so too, is that the Red Guardian's a villain, right? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So he often, and he often carries a shield. Oh, maybe. A shield with a star. A shield with a star on it. Big mm-hmm. red circle. Very Captain America-esque. And really the, the Soviet Union's answer to Captain America. You know, oh okay red guardian you know the red and all that ah, I, I get it but he seems to be part of this family life right we've got family. this scene where they're sitting around a table you've got black widow you've got rachel weiss's character who presumably <laughs> is an older black widow oh. it's my, my assumptions through the same program and we've got florence Pugh's character another black widow and then we've got the red guardian here and they are all sitting around like they're you know, catching up old friends type style, right? It's like beans growing in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit funny there, but I really like that. You know, family back together. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because they told mm. us the, like this is the first time I've had a family, but no, you you have another family. You died. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm digging this dynamic because my expectation I didn't know and there's something funny about here too. One of these characters, my guess yeah. is Rachel Weiss's character, is going to turn on her. Yeah, I think so too. Like there I don't think Taskmaster is the end game in the villain side of things in this. No. I think there's something more to this. Like there's a reason or maybe he will. I don't know. The 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 way he's projecting himself is that he's kind of like this big cuddly bear that has a really great relationship with Black Widow. David Harbour does seem cuddly. He does. Right? Like, and he's like, also an enormous man. <laughs> yeah. Like I just want to like snuggle in there and like watch movies with him. Yeah, just curl up. Yeah, right? Harbor. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Look at that I don't guy. Know. Quite bearded. Quite a large man. <laughs> looks a little very smelly, I believe, in Stranger Things. Uh, I've only seen the first season. But he's Hellboy. He's he's a good Hellboy. He, is, he got that. That's where he put on a ton of muscle mass. Oh, yeah. He's probably blood he's into jacked. this little bit. But he's also seen here fighting Taskmaster mm. um, in the Red Guardian uniform. And if you look closely, you can see in the background that a shield on the ground, a shattered oh. shield. And I wonder if Taskmaster, my guess would be that he hasn't fought Captain America, but he fought Red Guardian at some point. Uh-huh. And that's where the, the shield comes from. Yeah, smart. Yeah. So, I, I again, I'm liking the scene. And this is, again, pointing me at the idea that the Red Guardian seemingly is on the side of, of Black Widow. He seemed to have been imprisoned in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's coming back, popped on the helmet. Boom, Red Guardian. I'm guessing he's enhanced as well yeah. in some capacity. Maybe like a, you know... 50% version of Captain America. But yeah, it, the, the scale of this thing just looks incredible. And as we get to the end scene yeah, here, see her, the Star Wars scene, or Star Trek, Star scene. Trek, her jumping through space here. And we've got That's the cannon cool. fodder army yeah. following her skydiving with confidence around rubble and debris. It's it, not easy. No, I've tried it before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It just, uh, the essence of this whole trailer is action packed. Mm-hmm. We're telling a more personalized story about black widow and they're really going to deep into the origin story, the Russian side of her character, which mm-hmm. um, is something that 
in some capacity has been missing. We've never really gotten a true look into her past. Yeah, she kind of just showed up in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Everyone's like, this is clearly Black Widow. And then she just, like, popped in and out sporadically. Yeah. Like, Winter Soldier, she gets a, a better arc. Oh, yeah. And yeah. She gets a lot more insight into her character. And they try a bit in Age of Ultron to give you a bit of background on both her and Hawkeye, right? With the family yeah. and all that. But I'm really looking forward to this, man. So what do you think? Overall thoughts on Black Widow, the trailer here, the first trailer for the next Marvel Studios film. I dug it. I liked it a lot. Um, I like spy films, and uh, next year we're getting quite a bit of them. Yep. So I think this one has to be good in order to stand out from the rest, and I think this one will. Yep. I think this is going to be the, w- number one or number two best MCU films next year. <laughs> good call both yeah. it and eternals right yeah <laughs> i know where most of you guys sit on eternals so this one definitely stands out <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah so yeah I, I agree man this is uh like we said everything about this to me just screams mcu winter soldier winter mm-hmm. soldier being one of my favorite mcu films I'm, I'm highly anticipating this i love the character of black widow and i love what scarlett Johansson has done with this character i'm almost also more looking forward to all the additions that we're getting here. I love the look of David Harbour's character. I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to the Red Guardian and seeing what Taskmaster can do as well. And also how they expand the lore of the Black Widow. Yeah, yes. she's a character I know next to nothing about. Yeah. So very exciting stuff here, guys. We've got Black Widow coming out May 1st, 2020. Our first look. You got your tickets already. Oh, I wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was that close. we got to get through Rise of Skywalker first. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's our first of two major female-led superhero movies. And the next one we're going to be talking about next week, guys. we got Wonder Woman 84. Oh, that's not true. Is Birds of Prey? Birds of Prey, I guess, yeah. too. Yeah. First, we'll call that the those the solo. We'll call that the first female-led team-up or ensemble I think that film. is the first female ensemble superhero film. It definitely is. Um, besides my little-known ridden female superhero film that no one came to see. Jeez. Sometimes you're so confusing, man. <laughs> I love you. And yeah, guys, that wraps it up for, for this week for us, you know, re- reviewing Black Widow and talking a bit about the anticipation for Wonder Woman 84. We're going to be back in your ear holes next week, guys, talking about Wonder Woman 84. As long as I release that publicly, <laughs> we will be talking about it and getting back, talking more dc film universe and hopefully we'll have all three of us at the table and we get troy's input here mm-hmm. a bit on this black widow trailer as we drive towards the end of the year episode 200 the rise of skywalker review we've got the next probably month and a half of episodes planned out already so we're going to be doing our year in review we're going to be doing our most anticipated and then we're also going to be picking up the thread that we began earlier in this year a couple months ago a month or so ago with counting down the top 10 comic book movies of this past decade. We're closing out a decade of comic book films, the most prolific decade in the history of that genre. Yeah, I think half of them come out this decade. More than half. Like oh, all yeah. of all time. You're yeah, talking. of all time. Yeah. Of the modern era, for sure, the majority oh, come out here. Yeah. And yeah. it's been an epic ride, and we're going to break that down and do our top 10 countdown as well. That's going to come about mid January mm-hmm. because everything we got stacked up here, guys. Yeah. So, with all that being said, if you'd like to contribute to the show, you can always email us at neurorama at gmail.com. You can use that email too once we post the box office listener yeah draft for this year for the box office fantasy you can email it there as well and you can send it to our twitter accounts via dm or whatever our handles are at the end of the episode you can also find everything that we do and we'll probably pop this up on the website as well over on the nerdroom.net as well as 
Skywalker.com. We've got a ton of Rise of Skywalker stuff hitting those feeds. Mandalorian being covered in a great amount of detail too. So make sure to go check that out for that differing and wide variety opinion over on StarWarsCommonwealth.com. You can also find our toy hunts and everything that we're doing that is a bit more deserving of a picture over on Instagram. You can find us there at the Nerd RM as well. And last but not least, we'd like to give a big shout out to our man Rob Wade for endorsing this podcast over Mostly14.com. You can find us and all the other endorsed podcasts over there, as well as everything that Rob is doing. So, guys, yes. Until next week for the Wonder Woman '84 trailer discussion. I'm Tim. I'm Sanjay. And hopefully there'll be three of us back next week. Or four. Not, or five. We'll still invite well, you back We'll in. just find some random <laughs> third person to join us. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few people we could probably rope in if we want a third. But I guess, guys, thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.